today's message has a, uh, a very powerful title. It's called Breaking Chains, The Process of Salvation and Freedom. And I, and, and I don't say that lightly. You hear the words all the time, you know, breaking chains in churches and things like that. And, and uh, you know, it, it becomes kind of commonplace. We, be, we maybe become a little numb to it. And sometimes we have to kind of slow down and look at the process of what really breaks chains in our lives. Is it just hoping and, you know, thinking that, that, that things will fall off, the chains will be broken, or, or can I put some type of process into my life today that will cause chains to fall off, that cause chains to be broken, to change my life and the way that I'm living now from the way that I'll live tomorrow and the and, uh, next month and the next year, that things would change and transform. And so I want to look at that today and look at this process that God has given us this process of salvation that is an ongoing process. What we're talking about today is the process of justification and sanctification and glorification. These are words that we don't really think that much about in the, in the, in the, in the Christian realm, and you don't probably hear it preached about too often. Uh, if you've heard me preach before, I, I have mentioned it before briefly, and I thought, you know what? I needed to go more in depth in this subject to get, give you more information so you could kind of— um, to have something to, to take with you to put in, into your life, you know what I mean, to apply to your life. And so today, let's start off in, in Romans. We're going to be in chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, and we'll go to verse 28. And this is kind of our theme scripture here. Words will be up here. I'm going to be in the NIV today, and uh, so whatever verse you got, a, a, a version you have, maybe a little bit different, but... Um, if you have your phone, you can always change it to NIV. So that works out pretty well. Romans 8, 28. Starts here. It says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. That's good news. Who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. We're those brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. So we see there the, the two words, two of the three that we're talking about today, justification and glorification. So he has the first step in the process and the, and the third step in the process of salvation. He doesn't mention um, uh, sanctification in that. But it is, that's the middle part of the process, and we're going to talk about that as well. So in that verse, he talks about that. We go from justification all the way we end up in glorification, where we, we get a, a glorified body when we get to enter into heaven. I want to talk about each three of these steps and what they mean to the believer, where you're at in that process, what you need to do to change your life, to fully live the life God has called you to live. Because many of us miss out on, on the fullness of life that God intense for us. We, 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 we just kind of go about our business and we think about the first step. Well, I'm justified because I gave my life to Jesus. He died on the cross for me, so now I'm saved. And then one day I'll end up in heaven and I'll be glorified. And so we concentrate on those two and don't give much thought to the biggest part of the process, which is the sanctification, which is where you're living now, which is where you've been living since you got saved until the day you go to heaven, you're being sanctified in Jesus name and we don't give that much thought so ultimately today's message is going to center around that sanctification process even though we'll talk about all three so 
the first step in the process is justification. So in justification, we look, if you look at salvation in these three steps, it's you were saved, you're being saved, and you will be saved. Those are the three steps. It's an ongoing process in salvation. In, in the first step of justification, we're looking at something that's happened in the past or, for the unbeliever, something that is yet to happen. So if you're a believer, justification has already happened. You've been justified. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, you will need to be justified. And Jesus is welcome with open arms to justify you today if you so desire. So justification, by definition, means this. The action of declaring or making righteous in the sight of God. So it's a one-time action. It's not an ongoing process. It's a one-time action where you're made righteous in the sight of God. Our verse to go along with that is Romans 3.21. So go to Romans 3.21. We'll do 21 through 26. And it starts here. It says, By, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished he did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so also to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus so we see there this is a free gift nothing you have to earn or do to be justified other than have faith in Jesus Christ to believe that, they, that his blood was shed for you. That that action of Jesus, see, the, the, the justification is an action not on your part, but on Jesus' part. He let his blood be shed so you could have salvation, so you could be saved by the blood of Jesus. And that blood has a mighty work in your life, not just by, 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 uh, for salvation, but it does a miracle in your life for the rest of your life. That blood, that shed blood. And it's important, I think it just, it, it, it makes a lot of sense to be talking about this the week before Thanksgiving, to get an idea of what really is that process in that salvation process that is so important of why Jesus got up on that cross. Because guess what? Nobody made him do it. He allowed them to do it. He allowed them to do it. He freely allowed them to do it. So you could be justified by simply having faith in him. By believing that he is the risen son of God. That he died for you and your sins. And that his blood was shed for you in the forgiveness of those sins. That is justification. When we believe, we have faith in that, Jesus says you are justified. And in that, the first step of salvation is done. Now, you got to understand, the, the first step is so important because it's, it, when it's done, everything else is done. There's other processes, but you don't have to go, 
you don't have to, to do anything in those other processes to necessarily to be saved, okay? I don't, I don't want to confuse things here. When I talk about sanctification and glorification, those are just processes in it, but you don't have to do anything in works-wise in sanctification in order to be saved. Once you're justified, the deal is done. You're justified forever. He says, nobody can snatch you from my hand. So you've got to understand the security in that and being justified is security is knowing that you are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and the redemption of your sins is complete. Is complete. Sins past, present, and future are completed by the blood of Jesus Christ and the work of the cross. It's a complete work. There's nothing lacking in it. There's, there's nothing that needs to be done by Jesus at this point. He has completed the work. That's why he sat on the cross. It is finished because the work was done. And when we receive that truth and say, yes, Jesus, I believe that. I receive it for me that he justifies you before the Father. You're able to be presented as righteous because of his righteousness before the Father. That's the first step. Very important step. So we go on and we look at sanctification. Now this is the present process. This is the present thing that you're in. This is your today. This is the yesterday. This is every day until Jesus either returns and calls us home or if you pass away by any other means, whatever it is, until you get to heaven, you're being sanctified. You're in the sanctification process. So sanctification is what's going on right now or the present. Now the definition of that would be this. To make set apart as sacred or to consecrate. Another way to be saved, becoming like Jesus. Or to be made holy. You know, we, we hear the word holiness and holy, and those are kind of intimidating words. When I hear the word holy and I look at my life, they don't seem to want to match up. Anybody can be honest about that? <laughs> you know, does, does every day look holy in your life? You're like, oh, that was a holy day today. I have holiness fell upon me. No, if we're honest with ourselves, we're like, man, I need some help today. It didn't look right. It didn't feel right. I, I messed up. I said things I shouldn't have said. Man, I hurt somebody's feelings. I'm still holding a resentment against this person. I can't seem to forgive. I can't let these things go. You don't understand. It's all these things, and we're going, that's the last thing I'm thinking of is I'm holy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you're in the process of holiness because Jesus is doing a work in you. Once you've been justified, now he's sanctifying you, preparing you for one day standing before the king. You understand that you've got to grow a little bit. You've got to mature a little bit. You've got to get somewhere. You can't just sit there and go, well, I punched my ticket. I'm good now. In the most basic sense, you're kind of right. Your ticket to heaven is punched if you've been justified, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've repented of your sins. A lot of people forget about repentance. Without repentance, <laughs> there is no forgiveness. And so, but we, we get comfortable with that. We say, you know what, I'm good. And we miss out on so much God has for us. We miss out on the fullness that God has for us. That abundant life that he says, I came to give you life, but not just life, but life more abundant or life full. 
and we look at that and we get it said, well, I think that means if I have a good house, if I've got, you know, a, a good car, the bills are paid, kids are happy, the wife's happy. If, if all that's good, then I'm living a full life. Uh-uh, that's a part of it. That's a little bitty, small little part of it. But God's not really interested in that. What are you doing with your life that glorifies God, that draws others to the king? Is your life exemplifying Jesus Christ? Are you looking more like Jesus on a daily basis? Are you being made holy and sanctified? Are you looking more like the world? But I want to say this. Some days you will look more like the world than you do Jesus. Right? But it's the, it's, 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 it's the want to. It's the, it's, the one, it's, it's the thing that says, you know what? I missed the mark, but I want to hit the mark tomorrow. I don't want to fall to that again. I don't want to continue to be addicted to that thing again. I don't want to continue in my hurts and pains, in my, in my, in my transgressions. I don't want to continue in this life. I'm not comfortable in sin anymore. I want to be free, and I want my chains to be broken because Jesus intends for that. And see, that, that's the sanctified life that wants those things because a lot of us are caught up in something but when you want to get out of it Jesus steps into the process and sanctifies you gives you the strength and the courage to break free but we have to embrace sanctification we can't just say well it is what it is let's look at uh, the verse with this 2 Corinthians we'll go to 2 Corinthians 3.18 2 Corinthians 3, 18. I'm actually going to start in 17 here. I know it's probably not going to be up here, but just, just. It says, now the Lord is the, is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Okay, now see, so we're talking about breaking chains, really breaking chains, not just talking about it. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When you invite Jesus into your life and accept him as your Savior, he resides in you. The Spirit of the living God is in you. In fact, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So if that Spirit lives in you and you're bound by something, you have a contradiction of two things. You have bondage on one side, freedom on the other, flesh and the Spirit contrary to each other and there's a battle going on and you wonder why you feel off sometimes you wonder why life just doesn't feel right why you wake up every day and it can't even get out of bed because something just doesn't feel right your joy is gone you just feel just sapped and we got to remember that within that even when you're down on your bottom rung of the ladder that the spirit of freedom lives in you and when you remember that you declare that thing and say today I am going to get up and live free because the spirit of freedom lives in me I'm going to make choices that are different see because all these things really come down to choices free will is a great thing but on the, on, on the side of free will that people don't like is that now it's up to you to do something it's up to you to lay down what you've been picking up to stop doing what you've been doing the great thing is that spirit of freedom lives in you and helps you to do it when you ask and touch into that thing so it goes on in 18 it says and we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image sanctified 
with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So we see, he says, we're being transformed into the image of his Son with ever-increasing glory. Each day should be increasing. Some days you're going to take a step back. But if I look at my year, I should have taken enough steps forward for the glory of God to be revealed in my life. For the outsider to be looking at my life to say, I see the glory of God in his life. I see changes. I see transformation. I see things going on. And if none of that is ever revealed in your life, if nothing ever takes a step forward, it's always a step back, then I challenge you that you need to go back to justification because you probably aren't justified if you're never being sanctified. That's a tough one because sometimes we got to look at it and go, but Brad, you, I, man, I was at this service. I raised my hand. I went up to the altar. I accepted Jesus as my Savior. I, and, and, but yep, my life has never looked different. My life has never changed. It's never transformed. I've never grown in the Lord. I've never done anything different for God. I still look the same. I challenge you today to ask God to reveal in you if you truly were justified that day. And I usually what's missing in that is repentance. Usually what's missing we went up there and received God. We did this. We did all the things that the, that the person praying with us told us to do or the pastor at the front when we closed our eyes and every head was bowed and every, you know, uh, you know eye closed so nobody could see that you were boldly giving your life to Jesus. God forbid that we do that. Um, he said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you in front of the Father. You shouldn't be afraid to raise your hand in front of the crowd to give your life to Jesus. But we did those things a lot of times, but yet our heart wasn't repentant. And so we were never saved in the first place. We never repented. There was no sorrow in the sin that we had committed to hurt his heart that put him up on that cross in the first place. There was a reason he got up on that thing. And that was the sins that we committed. The sins that we committed. And there should be some sorrow in that thing when we realize the act that he did. When we're giving our life to Jesus. And that repentant spirit draws God to you. And he'll come on you like crazy when you repent. And we need to repent quite often. It's not just that one time when we give our life to Jesus. Repentance is a daily process, people. We always need to be repenting. But if you need to revisit that and say, you know what, my life doesn't reflect sanctification, then maybe look back at process, uh, step, this step, first step and say, was I truly justified? Because if I was never justified, guess what? You're not being sanctified. And your life won't reflect it. And that's the most important thing I want you to take away today is to really, sometimes we have to, to, to evaluate ourselves. We have to look inward to say, what does my life look like? Am I continuing to go backwards? Or am I stagnant? Am I not moving forward? Because the kingdom of God is a forward momentum kingdom of God. And if you've always been stagnant in your life, you're always in one place and never move, then there's something off. And God doesn't intend for you to stay in that place. He's looking to walk with you, to progress with you. You understand the love of Jesus? They got up on that cross, died for you, rose on the third day. And then he's come to give you life 
and life more abundant and walk with you through that sanctification process to make you more like him. He wants to be with you every day. He wants to speak to you every day in his word and his presence and in prayer life and in worship. He wants to grow with you. So you grow with him and, and you start to look like him. You know, I look at it like this, like this. You, when you have your children, when they're first born, like, like baby Alice, they come out and it's obvious that baby Alice belongs to the Albright family. They, they were born, she was born into that family. She was born new into that family. But baby Alice has got to grow up. Won't be baby Alice forever. Eventually it'll be, you know, a grown woman named Alice. And if we see progression, she'll probably exemplify the characteristics of mom and dad in her life because she spent every day with them in their presence. Sons tend to model their, their fathers tend to do the same things and say the same things, want to grab a razor in the morning when they ain't got a stubble on them. They, they want to do the same things, make their hair the same way, say the same words, good or bad. We can go either way on that. And little girls tend to want to, to model after their, their mothers and, and look the same and put makeup on when they're way too early to put it on. They want to do all those things. Why? Because they're in the presence and they see the image that's being presented to them and they, they, they become like that image. It's natural. It's the way the, the world works. Likewise, in the spiritual realm, when we spend time with Jesus, we naturally start to look more like him. We sound like him. We, 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 we look like him. We, when people see us, they don't see so much of us anymore. They see a little bit more of Jesus. And, and, and so much of our past is forgotten about because our, our newness is, is so much brighter than the, the darkness of the past. And, and, and people say, you know, what's different about you? You look different. Have anybody ever told you that? You just look different, you sound different, just because you gave your life to Jesus? That's always good to hear, you know what I mean? You don't have to hear it, but if you hear it, it's like, man, okay, I guess I'm, I'm starting to look like my daddy a little bit. I'm starting to look like my father. I'm starting to sound like my father. It's just what happens. Sanctification is going on. And lastly, let's look at glorification. Now, this was a future process, yet to be done. None of us, even though, you know, uh, we're, we're, glory is coming upon us because we're being sanctified, Actual glorification is a future process to be done. Let's look at three verses to look at glorification. The first one is 1 Corinthians 15, 50. So 1 Corinthians 15, 50. We'll do 50 through 54. And it starts here. It says, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable. And we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with the immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Love that saying. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And you see there, there's a transformation happening, right? We're seeing the, the uh, immortal, I mean, um, the mortal body being trans in, transformed into an immortal, uh, immortal body. And the perishable body being transformed into an uh, imperishable body. There's a transformation happening there. It's called glorification. 
We cannot enter in the full presence of God in this body. This is what it, simply break it down. Moses went up on the mountain, and he was in God's presence. It affected him so much that he glowed so brightly that when he came off the mountain, it scared the Israelites. He had to put a veil over his face just so he could now be in their presence because the presence of God, even though he never even looked at him directly, you understand, he, he just saw the back of God pass by. God just gave him a glimpse, and it affected him so much that he glowed so brightly that it scared people because they were in the perishable body. And they couldn't understand or fathom. Our body, this earthly body, is not because of sin and because of the fall, is not capable of being in the direct presence of God. We would be eliminated. Therefore, God knows that we have to, in order to be in his presence, in heaven, be transformed and changed into the body that he intended for us, the imperishable body, the glorified body that can be directly in the presence of the throne. Right before the Father, in his glory, his full glory, and not be affected by it. We need a new body. And this is what glorification is about. Go to 2 Corinthians 5, 1. We'll do 5, 1 through 5. It says, For we know that our earthly tent we live in is destroyed. We have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Remember in the garden when they were found naked? Because sin came in. They didn't even realize they were naked. This is why this verse is so cool. When you look at the, at the garden scene, and they had sinned, and they had fell, here comes God in the cool evening like he normally did to come walk with his, his daughter and son of God. And yet, suddenly, they weren't able, they, they were afraid. They knew that suddenly they, they had to hide from his sight, and, and they were naked in his, in his sight. They were clothed differently. And they were ashamed in that. And here, God is wanting to clothe us differently, almost bringing the thing into full circle back around to give us the right standing that fell away in the garden. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. And lastly, let's go to Philippians 3.20. Philippians 3.20. And this, this verse says this, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, here it is, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Glorification, transformation, the ultimate change in your life. The, 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 the capstone, the, 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 what, we're, what we're waiting for. That day when we can stand before the king with no shame, with nothing, 
hindering us in our relationship with him. But until that day, sanctification needs to be going on. We need to be getting closer to Jesus and looking more like him. We can't just rely on two things. Well, I was justified, and I know that one day I'll be glorified, and I'm not going to worry about the rest. It'll take care of itself. Today, God is saying you need to be worried about sanctification because it is important in your daily life. It is important in what you're doing today. It's something that you can grasp on today, take with you, and change your life today. And every word should do that. Every preaching should do that. You should be able to grasp onto something and say, I get that. I understand it now, or, or I mean, it's a good reminder for me. I already heard that before, Brad, but now it's reminding me. It, it's kind of empowering me to go out there and do some things different and be sanctified in Jesus' name. I want to do things differently. Last verse. Well, second to last. Philippians uh, 2. Philippians 2. Philippians 2.12. I'm going to go through these pretty quick. Philippians 2.12 says this. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, this is Paul talking, but now much more in my, uh, in my presence, continue, here's the important part, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Continue to work out your salvation. See, what he's talking about is that salvation is a process. He's talking about this process here. Don't just get comfortable of where you're at. Continue to work out your salvation. And then he says, with fear and trembling. Don't take it lightly. This is something that's serious. With fear and trembling, knowing that the creator of the universe is expecting change in your life. See, knowing where you came from, what's been done, justification, what's being done, sanctification, and where you're going is the key to breaking the chain of sin in your life. You've got to know where you've been, where you're at, and where you're going. You've got to know who you are, where you are, and what you're doing in this life to break those chains that God intends to not be a part of your life, the freedom to reign in your life, to be redeemed in all things. God intends that process. So we're replacing a process of bondage that we are comfortable with in our life with one of freedom. This process, uh, justification, sanctification, glorification, is a process of freedom in your life. We've lived a whole life of bondage to things, some small, some big. God says today is a day of change. Today is a day of reckoning to say, I know something now. If you've never heard this before, you can't walk out of here in ignorance and saying, Lord, I didn't know that I was supposed to be being sanctified all those years. You've got to know that now Lord expects something of us. And that's good, and sometimes it puts a little pressure on you, fear and trembling. So I want to read this last verse together. It's Galatians 2.20. It should be up here. So let's all read this together. We'll start here in verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Christ has been crucified for us. And the old person no longer lives. Do you understand? You, you've been changed. 
the old man is dead. The old girl is dead. Christ lives in you now. You've been justified. You're being sanctified. Praise God one day we'll be glorified. Fully in the presence of God like he intended to be. He intended this to be. And because there was a breaking of that process, uh, well, there's a breaking of, of, of God's intentions years ago in the garden. Now we have to do this process in order to be glorified because sin came into the world and prevented us from experiencing that automatically. Okay? It takes some work on our part as far as saying, Lord, I'm willing to be sanctified. I'm going to do things differently. It doesn't require any work on your own justification. It doesn't require any work on your own glorification. Sanctification requires some action on your part. God will sanctify you when you put one foot in the other and start doing things differently and drawing closer to Him.